Welcome to a Slice of Orange. I'm Jenny Balma. As the dates on the calendar are getting closer and closer to the end of our November 2022 general election, I, I want to do a deep dive on retention judges' races. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm actually going to tell you we shouldn't be voting for them at all. And if you've seen my uh, Slice of Orange endorsements, you know that I don't vote for the retention justices on principle and Here's where I'm going to make my case. Um, we lack the information to make an informed vote. And I fundamentally believe my vote is so valuable, I will not uh, cast a, a, a vote where I don't have enough information to be informed. So today we're going to take a look at direct democracy, a little history about how and when these races even got on the ballot, how the death penalty changed everything. We're going to do a little throwback. Uh, 1972, 1996, Governor Moonbeam. And we're going to look at whether or not 76% of California voters actually supported one of the most controversial conservative judicial nominees who could have been the first Black woman on the United States Supreme Court. I'm going to make the case that we should change these elections and take the question off the ballot. We should still retain power to remove justice under extraordinary circumstances, but we should stop asking voters to vote on races without any information. So hopefully at the end of this, you'll agree. Let's get started. The races where you vote yes or no to retain that justice for 12 years, I do not vote. And here's why. I have a really good reason. Um, it's a tool of direct democracy. It comes from the 20th century progressive movement in the 1930s. We passed a proposition um, and, and, and we needed it then. It made sense then. You know, we had the corruption of the Southern Pacific Railroad, the political party machines, a lot of what we have today in our election rules in the state of California comes out of that response to the political corruption of the time. However, it's time to change this. We need to fundamentally change the way we look at our appellate justices. So California Supreme Court, California District Courts. And, 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 and one of the reasons I think we need to do this is because in the history of having the power to retain or not retain justices, there's a single election where justices were not retained. So voters have used this power once, and it was incredibly expensive. So it's not as if the voters just woke up one election and decided they didn't want these people. It was a coordinated, well-paid-for campaign effort. So I believe we need to change this. I I'm hoping we can get lots of organizations together. I'm hoping good government groups can join together. I would love to persuade my dear League of Women Voters friends that it would be better if we allowed voters to recall justices, keep that power, and take the justices' elections off our ballot. We're cluttering our ballot with races that are usually decided overwhelmingly in favor of retention with zero information. So we could have administrative review of judicial performance if there was malfeasance or you know, mental incapacitation if there was anything in in, in the world that we want to write into the initiative because 
this current system was passed by an initiative in the 1930s. We have to have another initiative to change it. So we can do that. We can compose an initiative that would make sense. My short-term advice, um, voters should spend their time researching competitive elections on the ballot and skip this portion. Um, Even if only to save time and ink of bubbling in those uh, long list of retention justices, you have my permission to skip. Um, long-term, I think we need to work to change the system to improve our elections. No one benefits from entire section of the ballot that no one has the information to make a choice. And again, this is different from our county superior courts where candidates running against each other. We can meet them. We can kind of compare. Um, If no one challenges an incumbent in those county superior court races, which is often the case, they don't appear on the ballot. They win another six-year term. I'm a little torn that, that that we're asking people who want to be judged to raise money and have yard signs and endorsements and all of that. You know, Orange County had nine Superior Court judges on the June 2022 ballot, and eight were decided um, in that race, uh, in, in that election, mainly for their ballot designation that had OC district attorney. So I don't think the voters are doing a lot of research for those races either. Um, but that's that's not my concern today. Today, we're talking about retention judges. So vote for your county superior just uh, superior court judges. And for retention justices, you have my permission to skip it and leave it blank. If you want to vote all yes, you can. If you want to vote all no, you can. That's how elections and democracy works. But um, I want to dive deeper. Um, I really want to kind of give you some perspective, some history. We're going to break it into three parts. We're going to talk about the history of how we got this and why we have the system that we have. I want to talk about the one election uh, where justices were removed. I want to talk about the one election where justices were removed and the 1986 election, which you know is this anomaly and, and the exception to the rule. And then I also want to do a case study um, you know, of a justice who probably voters of California would have uh, removed if they had been paying attention. Um, and, and so we'll talk about the, the case study of Justice Janice Rogers Brown. Um, and hopefully then you'll all become experts on retention judges and, and we can move forward. And, and, and I hope to persuade some folks that we should get rid of um, this system and, and reform it uh, and make it a better government. So that's what we're going to do today. So currently, our California Supreme Court justices, district court justices are appointed to these seats by the governor of California. That's also true of our superior court justices, most, mo- superior court judges. Um, most of our superior court judges are appointed by the governor. Very few appear on the ballot. Um, in fact, one of the reasons that I've discussed previously on, on this podcast, one of the reasons that there were so many races in Orange County is because Governor Brown and and now Governor Newsom have put a hold on appointing a lot of people from Orange County um, just because there was the snitch scandal, there were, you know, illegal behavior on our district attorney's points. And so um, often that has been the process. But for these retention justices, um, for our six district courts and our California Supreme Court, governor appoints them. Um, and then the next election, they appear on the ballot. They have to be reconfirmed. Uh, and then every 12 years, uh, they're, they're on the ballot. So um, before that, what happened before uh, the, the, the proposition, um, 
from the time we started, 1849, in our original state constitution, um, until 1934, when the voters changed it, the California state constitution called for contested judicial elections. So all of our all up and down um, uh, from municipal court judge, which we used to have, uh, all the way up to the California Supreme Court, every 10 years, there were contested judicial elections. So judicial candidates campaigned just like everybody else, making speeches and raising money and stumping for votes and having political deals, um, foreshadowing of why we changed it. And, and, and in the early 20th century, California courts were dominated by you know, judges that were purchased wholesale by the Southern Pacific Railroad and other large corporations. Um, and, and obviously that's bad. You don't really want judges that are indebted to large corporations and interest groups that bought their elections. Um, the former head of the American Bar Association, Judge John Perry Wood, really led the reform effort, um, you know, gave speeches all up and down the state uh, and, 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 and really talked about, you said, and I quote, um, at election time, the judges and the candidates for the bench spread their names over the country by every method known to advertising. They were billboarded like a popular soap, the horror. Um, sidewalks and public halls were littered with cars extol cards extolling the merits of candidates, asking to be permitted to sit in judgment over their lives and property of people, and contributions were solicited from firms frequently in court. Um, and, and he was outraged that one candidate had collected $50,000 for a position that paid $10,000 a year. Obviously, Judge Wood would be shocked at the millions of dollars that are spent on elections uh, today for jobs that you know, are essentially part-time. You know, see Anaheim politics for that. Um, so he, he really led the Los Angeles Bar Association and, and the American Bar Association, California Bar Association really led this initiative process. Um, and so they wanted to replace the sorry spectacle that judicial elections had become. And so Proposition 3 was on the ballot, approved in uh, November 1934, which gives us the current system where the governor appoints justices to six district courts, the California Supreme Court, then they appear on the ballot to be reconfirmed. So, you know, the California Supreme Court uh, justice, uh, Chief Justice is on the ballot this time. She was just appointed earlier this year by Governor Newsom. And then 12 years from now, she'll appear on the ballot next time. Um, and, and the modern appointments are a fairly good system. You know, the governor has an open uh, link on the website. So if you uh, meet the requirements to serve as a judge on California court where you're, a, you know, a, an, an, a judge of a court of record for 10 years immediately preceding this election to be elevated to the to the uh, appellate court person has been a member of the state bar or served as a judge of record in this state. Um, and then there are, you know, and I'll put the uh, California Constitution Article uh, 6, I'll put it in the, the show notes, the links, there are 12 steps. Uh, and you fill out the application with basic information and personal information, educational history, work history, qualification and suitability, your experience, writing samples, honors and awards, uh, organizations, memberships, and community activities, additional questions. And then there's a, quite a thorough background check and references. So, um, you know, you too can apply to be a, a California Supreme Court justice or an appellate justice or run for, uh, if you've been a lawyer for 10 years, you can run for a, a county superior um, court judge. But th th this is the, the, the process that we go through. So, 
So as always, thanks for listening. I couldn't do this podcast without you. A special shout out to my favorite listener, my mom, Peggy Jenkin, who listens to this podcast, even though she lives in Turlock, California and doesn't get to vote for 90, 95% of the people I talk to. Um, my executive producer, Ann Watka, who spent years talking me into this. Uh, a huge thanks to the producing team who makes this possible, Jackson Henry and Fiza Valiola. Um, if you haven't listened to Observing Fullerton, you know what to do next. Subscribe and listen to all their past episodes. As part of the Fullerton Observer, uh, the podcast team, Arush Naveed, Arian Meza, Bianca Bravo, and our own Jackson Henry, keep you informed about the, Cal- uh, the Fullerton community with their podcast. So give them a listen. They've got a great show. Thanks. Talk to you soon.